Hello, you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Wharton. I'm Zach McCoy. It's your boy, Trav. We are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscaristy podcast. Thursday show, Thursdaysy show where we take a look at the oeuvre of a perennial Oscar bridesmaid and a knower of cinema, one Mr. Martin Scorsese. And what are we watching this week, Zach? We are watching You Can Count On Me, where, uh-oh, a wild ruffalo is culking about and Lenny is longing for some broader dick. That's right. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> wow. I don't even know. I don't even know how to proceed after that. You, you can't. You can't. There's Good no night. follow up to that. <laughs> uh, yes. Good night. Uh, uh, this is everybody's first time seeing this film. Yes. Yes. Although there was a scene I'd, I'd randomly seen before. Oh, interesting. Uh, that's a no for me. Oh, I I had a ex who was really into this film, and she showed it to me. Really That's, into it? Really okay. into it. This okay. this was like tops on her list. Wow. Okay. That I mean, cool. It's a random movie to be. It is. But well, yeah. I mean, it's it's only so random if uh, you're not familiar with Kenneth Lonergan going into the movie who okay. wrote one of my favorite plays, Lobby Hero. Lobby mm. Hero, huh? Yeah. Just That's about right. a, a guy who becomes like a lobby yeah. boy. Yeah, I know what it is. It's a great film. I've film. never, great I've never seen it. I, yeah, I've never seen it though. I've never seen it performed. I've only read it. Oh, okay. I've tried I've I've put in to direct it at a few places and I never I, nobody ever picks it up and I'm like, ah, come on. Yeah. Mm. Well, I do know that uh, Manchester by the Sea is fucking terrible. I know that. I am also not a fan, but uh, I'm going to save more of that conversation to when we get to that year on the main show. The main yeah. show. No that, spoilers. Just not a fan. I'm I'm yeah. going to rewatch it too. Uh, I oh, think when we get into the feel sorry the, for you. The ten nominee years, I'm going to rewatch films that I feel like I don't have. A good grasp on ones I haven't seen and the ones I don't like. Okay. Gotcha. Because there's some that I just, I know my feelings on and I'm not going to change them. And there's some I feel like maybe I should give a second or third chance to. Yeah. All right. But. I uh, digress. I do digress. <laughs> Let's get into our Oscar breakdown. Break All right. You can count on me. Nominated for two Academy Awards. Nice. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, Laura Linney nominated mm-hmm. for Best Actress. Nice. Uh, no complaints on that. Neither do I. Julia Roberts beats her for Aaron Brockovich. Can't say I disagree with that neither. No, <laughs> not even a little. Both <laughs> excellent. I was going to say, sometimes there's just those years where it's like, man, what a great performance. Right. Man, what an even better performance. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Nobody's fault. Just That's how it, That's how the cookie crumbles. Just happens. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and Kenneth Lonergan, nominated for Best Screenplay, written directly for the screen, slash original screenplay. Why is the slash... I don't know. I'm I'm just going to start shortening this to best original screenplay from now on. This, it's too much. Yeah. Uh, or is it not enough? It's, no, it's never enough. More it's words. A, it's another thing like they're going to get rid of the 
slash here sometime because they don't have it now. They didn't have it before. I guess they just realized don't need it. Yeah. Every every category at the Oscars should be as long as that uh, Fiona Apple CD title. The slash <laughs> resigned from the Academy. Is, is that what happened? When the pawn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, Kenneth Lonergan loses to Cameron Crowe for Almost Famous. Beautiful. I've never seen that movie. It's it's very good. I like it a lot. It's as well written as this. Uh, maybe. This man's a hell of a writer. I'll I'll say this: I haven't seen Almost Famous in years, and I don't know if it's if it holds up as well. But I'll tell you, Jerry Maguire is quite a film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm a big Cameron Crowe fan. So for the most part. <laughs> I was going to say, as, as long as uh, it's not like his last two or three films, I'm right. I'm right, I'm right with you because from <laughs> 2000, uh, 2001 probably has my favorite Cameron Crow film. But again, we'll talk about that next week. Yes, yes. So Kenneth Lonergan. I mean, I recognize his name. Um, and now that you mentioned Manchester by the Sea, I'm like, oh yeah. But I don't know that I've really seen uh, much of his work. Oh, well, he wrote the five-star film uh, Adventures of Rocky and Bowwinkle, which I'm sure you're familiar <laughs> with. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're we're going to be talking about him again here in a couple, uh, two weeks, because he is also uh, a writer on Gangs in New York. Oh, yeah. and he wrote Analyze This? He wrote Analyze This? He wrote Analyze This? Okay. Such a good movie. And wrote and directed Margaret. Gotcha. So... Nice. I've never seen Margaret, never heard of it. I just find it funny that he wrote this movie and Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle in the same year. <laughs> Going through some stuff. It's Going one of those things. He, stuff. It's one of those things he was probably brought in for uh, for some script rewrites and just changed a little too much of it and picked up a credit in arbitration. Uh, <sighs> or know. maybe he just wanted to write Rocky and Bullwinkle. Or maybe, just maybe the whole thing. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know how the writer breakdown on Rocky Bullwinkle goes. Now we're about to. That's a whole wormhole. He is the only credited writer. There we oh go. My God. Uh, there we go. What the fuck? <laughs> I was not expecting that. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, I'm just going to chalk it up to what Zach said. He's going through some stuff this year. year. How you can write something so good and something so fucking terrible at the same time is wild. (laughs) Uh, Hollywood, Hollywood, everybody. There we go. Good God. I, I'm too tired for this. I I can't (laughs) deal with this. (laughs) Oh, Lord. So silly, silly stuff. Silly stuff. Okay. Marty is executive producer on this. Is that correct? Uh, Yes, Marty. uh, It's a Kappa Productions. Barbara Tafina is also a producer on this. Yeah. uh, And so, Marty, that is our connection here. Cool. Now, as an executive producer, you don't win any awards that the producer would win, right? So if no. it wins Best Picture, you. So what's the point of being an executive producer? What do you get out of it? I mean, you're. It's your studio. You're probably reaping the most amount of money from it, or not studio. Uh, uh, production companies tend to 
reap the most amount of money either that or or they do own the studio kind of like uh spielberg and katzenberg and um david geffen own dreamworks so so it's just being at the top of the ladder you're you're pretty much the money person so the producer comes to you and says hey we would like you to to give us give me the money so i can give it to the director and that that's essentially what like the main producer does is wrangle the money and the studios and the production companies are there to fork the money over for the most part well there we go marty yeah so marty is just kind of at the top of that chain uh probably not at the very top but Getting kind of close. Getting kind of close. That's what Marty's doing over here. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Sharp, John Hart, Larry Meestrick, and Barbara Defina are the like the mainline producers on this. Right. So they're the ones who, if this would have won Best Picture, would have received the trophies. Right. Mm. Oh. Ooh, sounds good to me. All right, so uh, what do we think about You Can Count on Me? I love this movie. I love this movie. Damn, it yeah. was good. I thought it was excellent. I, um, you know, it started out um, kind of, uh, what's the word? Uh, I was expecting some standard fare kind of small town drama, but it really kind of, once uh, Ruffalo pops into the picture, it kind of takes a spin. Right. And... Mm-hmm. Become something deeper and more meaningful, and uh, just saw a lot of uh, the small town where some of my family was from. I was just like, this is really hitting on some points, right? Yeah, especially with how goofy the intro was. You know, with the, <laughs> yeah. with the it was almost silly. Like it was a silly death. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's kind of. On purpose. Oh no, it's definitely I felt like it was on purpose. I didn't yeah. feel like it was acted poorly because they were bad or and I definitely felt like it was on purpose and that's why I enjoyed it. Like it was just silly. Super silly. Yeah, and and I think they don't I, I, Lonergan's got kind of a dark humor to him. Uh-huh. Uh even you know, uh, Manchester by the Sea, well Again, not one of my favorites. It has a dark humor to it. Uh, so it begins with the casting of uh, Casey Affleck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you won. Uh, no, no, I can't get into it right now. Um, uh, but no, I think I think how goofy that intro is, and you know, it really sets sets up for the turn. I think it makes the. Like Zach was just saying, um, Ruffalo coming in, and it kind of changes the pace of the movie versus the mm-hmm. first five minutes of the movie. And, you know, like when it's like, you know, he's it was like, "Holy shit!" She, she tried to kill herself. I'm like, "Well, damn! I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know we yeah. were going to get that dark with it." You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like, I like that you get a little time with. Uh, Laura Linney and Rory Culkin together. I think they have a really good mother-son chemistry. Dude, Rory is yeah. Rory is good. Yeah. He's yeah. super underrated. 
he he's been good and he remains good. Yeah, he was excellent. And um God, I just feel so bad through him for him through this whole movie. It's just like, can I get somebody stable? <laughs> I mean yeah, not, right. not that not that his mom's bad. She she's her stuff is mostly on the back end that he's not being privy to. I was gonna say, yeah, it's on the DL. You know, yeah. Um, Until you know she's bubbling up there at the end and getting frustrated and but yeah. I'm surprised Ruffalo didn't get nominated because he is really good in this. He's too. so good. It, oh God, he's. This is um, Ruffalo had a show last year on HBO, and it really is escaping the name of the show for me because it was based on a about. book, and it's got some weird long name. But he p- plays himself, and then he plays his like autistic twin brother, mm. and Jesus Christ, bro! Like you. Because he's complete shits as Hulk. I mean, he sucks as the Hulk. It is what it is. I know this much is true. Oh, is that what it was called? Yeah. It was incredible, dude. It was He was so good in it. And then when I watched this, I'm like, fuck, man. You just forget how good Mark Ruffalo is because he's just complete ass. I'm and telling you, like, I, I saw this movie right before he, like, this was kind of his up. breakout performance. Right, right. But like 2004 kind of becomes his breakout year. Is that thir- 13 going on? 30 came out in 04, right? Yeah, and yeah, uh, okay. he's he's the detective in Collateral. Oh, he's, yeah. yeah. He's one of the, the techs in... Um, I can't... Uh, man, I just almost had it out with someone on the internet about this movie the other day. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's also 2004. I mean, he. I feel like there's a fourth one in there, but I can't think what it is. But yeah, he was just kind of all over the place in a lot of really good movies in mm-hmm. 2004. Mm-hmm. But like I had watched this movie just beforehand. I was like, oh, that guy's really good. I wonder if I'll get to see him in more things. Bam, everything. Bam, everything. <laughs> good. Yeah. And he hit you with that amazing performance in Zodiac. Zodiac 07. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. Zodiac 07. Yeah. What a good film. He's so good. They're all so good in it. Yeah, and then I went back yep. and watched In the Cut for the first time this year. And I've never seen that movie. He he is great in that. Yeah. Well, that film's no wild. I literally, movie. outside of the MCU, everything I've ever seen him in, he's good. It's yeah. just, he's just complete ass, this whole. So it just is what it is. But that that whole franchise is so dominant, so you just forget, you right, know, right. actually how good Mark Ruffalo is. And I think he has... I think he has good moments as Hulk. I think mostly like uh, Thor right. three Ragnarok yeah. mm-hmm. is probably like his shining moment as Hulk because he just gets to right be be Hulk and goofy. And yeah, I put that more on Takiti. Is that his name? Uh, uh, Taika Taika Waititi. Yeah, what's it called? I always like combine his first and last, <laughs> last name is what happens. But that dude's uh, a silly, silly genius anyways. So. Oh, God. Uh, have you watched Our Flag Means Death on HBO I yet? have not watched it yet, He's but so I've seen good. the clips of how silly he, he is. <laughs> um, you know what I really love about Mark Ruffalo's character in this is you <laughs> think he's the total shits, and then he does something that is like – he does have a heart. He does get it or something, you know? Yeah. And then he's back to being an ass again. And then, you know, he'll go from, I'm not taking him fishing and being all petty to showing up with the fishing rods, you know? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, there we go. He's just he's, really, 
Oh, God, Zach. I was going to say, he, I mean, he's a good guy who just can't get out of his own way and he doesn't know how to, I don't know, he's got some, some emotional emotion, shit. So yeah, I, I was, yeah, was going to say, not, not to be a armchair psychologist or anything, but he, he really feels like he suffers from bipolar disorder mm-hmm. where he, he's really like really high one minute. And then yeah, really he's kind of like manic almost a little bit. Yeah. Sorry, my wife's over there and she's so gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> enjoying her well, her I'm her I, shirts today oh god pardon just, my just put, now she's just putting booby pictures on the internet so you're welcome world yeah you're yeah. welcome world <laughs> rollerblades and tits <laughs> <laughs> what she Agreed. needs Where is like we? some actual wheels that are titties how <laughs> badass would that be and then like the nipple can It'll be like secret agent weapons. The nipple will open up and like a little knife will pop out and she can skate by him and just fuck him up. <laughs> just like in Little Rascals. Anyway, sorry. That was yeah. very, dist- very distractible. Um, yeah, I... And, and Laura Linney's so good in this. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. so cute. Oh yeah, she is. She's she's such a beautiful woman. Like, hey, she, she was she was riding that dick though. <laughs> the broader dick. I'm gonna say. Yeah. I, <laughs> what, what was her other man's name? Joe was it? God, he <laughs> was a complete like... square though. Oh god. I think it's Bob, right? Or Bob? It's Bob. Yeah. yeah, it's one. Of, yeah, it Bob. was definitely one of those white guy names. <laughs> square very... white guys. Yeah. Bob. Like how? Uh, oh yeah, I don't blame real, her. It's like, how the hell am I gonna marry a Bob? You know, his real name. John Bob. John Tenney. Both both three letters. He's a J O N. John. <laughs> John uh. play Bob. So yeah. No. Uh, um. Matthew Broderick's not good. You know, as far as like uh. acting skills go, he never has been. But uh. You know, he's perfect in this movie, like a, a yeah, silly boss that... He's uh, he's always been one of those actors that if you don't understand what makes Matthew Broderick, like, tick, you're probably going to get half a performance from him, and I feel like Lonergan just gets him in this movie. I just feel like he's Ferris Bueller in everything. Like, this just yeah. seems like Ferris Bueller had got a, like graduated and got a career in banking and then that was it you know what i mean yeah. like i just feel like that's him in every movie just ferris burnout <laughs> yeah uh <sighs> you know i i didn't necessarily get uh you know them uh hooking up although you know you see it's more they're both just tired of their situation and it's something yeah. new i guess and unsatisfied yeah yeah uh i feel that from both of them and He's a guy who's probably not getting much, and she's well, you, you can tell too the wife that probably doesn't treat him, yeah, you know, uh, like he he would like to be, and there's no excuse for what he's no. doing is still wrong, you know, no. but yeah, uh, yeah, and she's getting it from Bob, so <laughs> <laughs> what. What's the, what's the Chappelle skin when he's like, do I just put it through this little hole in my pants? Yeah, that's Bob right there. This vanilla, vanilla Bob like, over here. Like they're laying there in bed together and they're just like, all right. And he's like, yeah, here's a kiss. All right. Very, <laughs> very uh, by the book. Uh, mm. No passion. 
No yeah. passion. So, so Broderick just feels a little more dangerous as a target. Yeah. You know, then you got Ruffalo uh, talking about gotta get out of this town or it'll eat you up and it'll destroy you. And this is the, the evidence that, you know, same people, same situations. It, it gets stale after mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah. He's tearing her apart, both metaphorically and literally. <laughs> well, at least tearing your house apart. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew Broderick was tearing the other part apart. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's, um, like you said, Trav, the writing, it's, it's so good. It's just, it's thoughtful and it's not um, cheap or, you know, and everybody's playing their part so well and, and pulling all the emotion out of it. So, right. yeah. Rory Culkin's like a precocious kid, but he's not like overly cutesy about it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love the scene where he takes him to play pool. Yeah. Such a good scene. Just, just a, a nephew and an uncle having a good time. Yeah. And then so, he's just such a dick about, you know, yeah. you know, kicking him out in the rain and, you know, what do you call him? A tattler or whatever, yeah. squealer or something. Yeah, he wasn't even the one that's old. Dickhole to this five year old kid or whatever. Or is he 11? Or he's like eight, I think. Eight. Yeah, I think eight yeah. is the, yeah. And I'm just like, God, he's being such a dick to this kid. Yeah. It's funny, the one one scene I'd seen randomly of this movie, I think I was just flipping through TV uh, a number of years ago, was uh, him pouring all the syrup on the pancakes. and <laughs> that, That's like the... I didn't continue watching it because I saw it was almost over, but this, uh, yeah. I was like, I've seen this before <laughs> when I got to it, so it was weird. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, him walking over to his mom and putting his hand on her. I'm, I'm stopping. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, it, that was so good. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I really enjoyed this, and uh, I hadn't heard of it um, before this, which is, I mean, and I like, too, that at the end, when they're sitting on the bench, they've got the moments like, oh, are they going to say the title of the movie? They don't, and I like that. Right. Yeah. Like, you know yeah. what they mean, but they don't actually say it, so uh-huh. good job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's real attention to detail. And then I really, really like the ending of her. The ending's her driving, right? Yeah. Okay. I just re- I just really, you know, she's making the faces and you can just kind of tell what she's thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, and then the movie just ends and I was like, fuck, that was a good ending. Jeez. Yeah. Do you think there's anything to like when he says, well, bank and she like pauses and thinks maybe she's going to try to take his job or something. Maybe. At least she, at least she thinks she can do it better. I mean, she yeah. does tell him you are the worst manager we've <laughs> ever had in this bank. <laughs> Don't let the poor lady look at her pink screen if she wants to. Come on. Yeah. Like, if it isn't disrupting anybody, why why do you care so much? It keeps her fresh. It keeps her fresh. And we like it fresh. Like me with my lo-fi beats on at work. (laughs) You're listening to lo-fi hip-hop, and they chuckle because they're old white folks. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) anyway, let me not speak about work. (laughs) Now, you keep listening to that lo-fi hip-hop, sir. I will. I listen to podcasts at work. Yeah. Good. But I I get the luxury of doing that because I get to put in headphones and not talk to people. So that's nice. 
I, I've always been distracted by lyrics. So like if I'm on a spreadsheet or something, I can't be listening to something with words in it or I'm like, Ooh, or where am I? Right. Yeah. I, I need something that just focuses my brain. Very good. This, and this movie focused my brain on the plight of small town people who need to rise up and grab their own future by the, by, by the reins. Mm-hmm. I definitely think this is one of those uh, gem movies. I don't think it's like one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life or anything. No, yeah. It's but... just a really good, wholesome adult movie that as an adult you can really relate to and understand and right. realize people are complicated and mm-hmm. just because they do fucked up things doesn't mean they're a fucked up person yeah i mean yeah you, and you never really know anyone's history so right you know don't don't judge too harshly because mm-hmm. you don't want them judging you that way yeah it's i think just, uh go ahead Mm-hmm. I was saying, and it's just a nice slice of life. Yeah. yeah, and I love slice of life stuff. So, so what were you thinking, Zach? I like that we get to see uh, Rudy Senior for a little bit. You know, after he was so high and mighty in the small town, better than everybody, and it doesn't look like maybe his life pound out the way he thought mm-hmm. it was going to. Or, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. No. Oh, Josh Lucas is so good. Yeah, I mean, he he doesn't have to be there much, but he he shows so much with his facial expressions and his eyes and. Yeah. How? Well, yeah. I really don't even. I mean, it's hard to talk too much about, with, like, specifically getting into the plot, but it's just like, okay, people, go check this one out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you haven't seen this, you you really should. Absolutely. So, so I guess we'll uh, jump into our worsty judgments. Mr. Trav. Yeah. Where's this sitting on your Thursday rankings? I'm a mister. So I, I do understand that this is, you know, he really just has no input on this. And, you know, it is what it is. But as a film, I really, really like this movie. I ranked it four and a half stars, dude. You know, like I, I would, I don't, I can't wait to watch this movie again. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought the performances were really good. And I have it sitting at my number seven spot, dude, right after After Hours and right above The Color of Money. Nice. Uh, this movie's up there for me Excellent. in the movies we've reviewed on this podcast. Well, I'm happy to hear that. Zach. Yes. Where's this sitting on your Thursday rankings? Well, I am very similar to Trav in that I gave it four and a half stars, and I have it at my number eight. So it's right behind King of Comedy and right in front of last week's um, Bringing That's three up the weeks dead. in a row. It's uh, a I number think, eight. Number eight spot, yeah. yeah. You know what? You're right. Good good call, because I had Kundu <laughs> and Bringing Out the Dead bump that one down. So yeah. I'm feeling the eights. I'm feeling Maybe that means something. Triple eights. Yeah, roll those eights, baby. I will. What about you, Mr. Workman? Um, I also rank this four and a half stars. And I, I very much love this film, and I'm very happy it held up on a repeat viewing almost 20 years later. Nice. Uh, I have this at my number 12. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just, I got it right under Age of Innocence because I just can't shake that movie. It's, it's haunting. Um, and I got it right above Kundun. So Excellent. Yeah, I I love this movie. Nice. I I'm with the Trev. I I 
I almost feel like I'm going to watch this again soon. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's so good. And honestly, when I watch it, it makes me just want to watch Mark Ruffalo. It's like the whole entire filmography. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd love to do that. Um, I'll I'll probably retell this story at some point on the podcast. But uh, we had some friends. Uh, we used to do Oscar parties where we had themed dishes. Mm-hmm. It was a potluck, so people would bring things with their dishes themed to the movies that were nominated. And Mark Ruffalo was up for an Academy Award, and they called their uh, their they just went over went and bought Buffalo Wild. Wings I was going to say, please tell it. me it's Buffalo Dip. And buffalo no, it's Buffalo dip. Wild Wings. They just bought a bunch of Buffalo Wild Wings and oh, brought okay. it. Called them Mark Ruffalo Buffalo Wild Wings. I like that. One of the funniest things I've ever ever seen, and I love it. Yeah, well, we'll have to bring that back, and I'll make some Ruffalo Dip. Nice. Yeah, I'm feeling the Ruffalo Dip. <laughs> ruffalo feeling dip. the Ruffalo Dip. I'll make it with guacamole or something so it's green. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> it will taste just as shitty as he is in the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Right. Well, we're going to call that here for the evening. Uh, Trav, let people know where they can find you on the socials. That is right. You can find me on the Instagram at ZKAudio, where I'm also on the Twitter at T R A V I O S. ZK T T R A V I O S Z K, correct. Where I'm also on Letterbox ranking and rating my uh, daily movie watches. And um, tonight, before Mania, I watched Better Nate Than Ever. And that movie was absolutely adorable. Better my, Nate Than Ever. It's on yeah. Disney Plus. It's on Disney okay. Plus. Um, it's it- it is I, absolutely charming, and it makes you smile, and it makes you cry, and and you're a big Broadway guy, so oh my, this kid was just you just I was just rooting for Nate the whole damn time, dude. He was just <laughs> a magical, special kid. Zach, where can people find you? You can find me on Critiker, Zach Master X A K K M A S T E R. On TikTok at House Havoc and Letterboxd by searching my name, Mr. Workman. Uh, you could follow me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, where I'm also ranking all the films I watch. And I also watched Better Nate Than Ever last night. Oh, nice. Uh, I gave it four stars on the Letterboxd because I really enjoyed it. I could have dealt dealt with a little less of Disney uh, promoting their own products in a movie on their own <laughs> streaming service. But other than that, I, I also thought this was a real sweet movie and it was real fun to watch. And that kid is wonderful. And there, and then I don't think this is a spoiler, but the whole movie revolves around him trying to audition for a, uh, I don't know if it's fictional, but a stage musical of Lilo and stitch. So, of course, you know I'm into that. Yeah. Um, Which, and, uh, it is a real thing coming out. They are doing a Broadway of Lilo. And, and I, I hope I hope he's actually playing Stitch, because that would be wonderful, but, you know, probably not. Uh, but... Well, uh, you may not have noticed, but he didn't land the actual role of Stitch. He was, like, kind of like the understudy. He did the matinees. Yeah. 
for and that I thought that was really cool too because it was unrealistic for him to actually get the role, but good enough to be like the guy that can play when the when the main person's not playing. I really like that because I don't like unrealistic sport type movies where the th- you know what they did in Mighty Ducks, you know shit like that. So I think I you really spoiled like it for Zach. He's making the you spoiled that movie face. <laughs> no, I my allergies have been killing me today, so I'm keeping my nose open. My oh, okay. nose open, boy. Yeah. No. <laughs> but anyway, uh near the end of the movie he gets a he gets a song uh as Stitch. So good. That I I absolutely love that song. Uh so all right. Uh that being said, hey Trav. Hey. Hey, thank you so much, buddy, uh, for producing our show. You are welcome, good sir. Uh and and uh, we'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod and on Facebook at The Oscarsity Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify because it really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. The algorithm of what we're watching next week. Which is. And what are we watching next week, Zach? <laughs> We're watching The Neighborhood, which may or may not be on YouTube. It's part of the concert for New York. And we'll talk about that when we get some details. Excellent. So, for Trav, Zach, and um, Gabby Hoffman, we okay. didn't talk about in this review, <laughs> who was who was really good in her couple of minutes on screen and also Kenneth Lonergan as the uh, as the priest uh, we would like for you all to have a damn fine day <laughs> <laughs>